are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Rings by Ingrid Gradient on AO3. Rating, Teen and Up. Time stick. Come on, time stick. It's the only thing that matters in any universe, any timeline. He must have it in order to prune himself when the needle on the timer slides to green. Otherwise, he dies. Mobius is maimed. The time loom will be irreparably damaged. All of the thoughts must be shunted to the side. He doesn't have the luxury of heartache right now. I'm going to prune myself. He can't believe how cavalier he is about this now, having feared pruning above all else at the onset of this adventure, having been pruned once before and knowing how excruciating it is. Pruned once before. He sees her in front of him as tangibly as if they were still in the timekeeper's chamber together. What, she said. He winces at the memory of her uncomprehending eyes. She had no idea, did she, what I was about to declare. If she'd been more accustomed to receiving love, she might have known. She might not have fought him, nor pushed him away. For his part, Loki's not used to receiving love, but he's gotten in the habit of feeling entitled to it nonetheless until recently. He slowed his steps, he realizes. Reflexively, he looks down at the timer in his hand. He knows how long it takes Morbius to accomplish tasks. It's going to happen soon. Red, red, green, no. Yet again, there's no time. More time, I need more time. More time before being pruned to tell her I've fallen in love with her. More time in the void to tell her precisely how brilliant she is. More time in the Citadel to tell her we really can figure it out together. We can, we can. He's slowed to a skulk as his senses heightened. He feels something, something that supersedes all the urgency of the preceding minutes. A telephone is ringing. Loki knows, somehow, that it's meant for him, but it's irrelevant. Acute communication devices are meaningless in the face of the dark. Velvety hook, that's notched itself in his gut and is pulling him inexorably around the corner and towards the lift doors. It's as though she's enchanted him, here in this murky hallway with the flickering lights and the eerie emptiness of recent abandonment. He can do naught but follow the enticements of her metaphysical breadcrumb trail to the cabin in the woods, as in fairy tales. But there's no wicked witch at the end of the path only a feisty goddess with the unique ability to break his heart and leave him a better person for it, not worse. It's not true enrichment, though it doesn't work that way. It's the home that he senses in a way that can't be accounted for with science or magic. Home. Everything about her is home. Those are her fingers creeping out of the lift. He knows those fingers. They danced over his body in the void. Before Eliath... Was it years or hours ago? When did she get the rings? She claws the doors open, even though he knows there's only one person it can be. It's a cataclysmic shock to see her eyes. Her sword is in his heart, and he would gladly keep it there. Does she know me? Does she hate me? Ah, she pants, in a voice that's almost chipper. There you are. She sounds like she just found her wandering puppy in the park. Now she gives a rueful little half-laugh. Sorry I let you off your leash, my pet. He's elated. She's okay. He's indignant. She has no right to be so brisk and cheerful. He's broken. 
Her demeanor can't be for me. She's mistaken. And most of all, he's in love. Sylvie. And then, for the second time, he's erased before her eyes. The physical pain pales in comparison to the agony of being ripped from her side. He tries to make sense of it. Who did it? Was it she? Was it someone from behind him? Was she expecting it to happen? Or is she horrified? Is she indifferent? Weightlessness, a series of crashes, piled up in a heap with Morbius back in the present. If the present is a concept that can ever mean anything again, safe for now, at least in body if not in spirit. He wants to tell Morbius everything, absolutely everything. That's not possible now, nor will it be for some time. He's only grateful that for once, the desire of his heart matches up with the practical necessity. We need to find Sylvie. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. Thank you.